0: It's Monday. Do you know what your RPI is? Let's talk about it here in the Doghouse on the Believe Network. This is your Doghouse host, David Murray, from the luxurious Doghouse offices, accompanied by, yeah, a couple of dogs. Bella and Nellie, our deadly attack Morkies, have decided to sit in and listen while Daddy records his podcast. I'm sure they'll learn something instructive. Uh, They learned some other things over the weekend, being a little too close to me while I was monitoring Mississippi State's baseball series at Missouri. uh, Good thing they can't repeat some of the things said during the course of that uh, very damaging couple of losses. However, and as we wrote about on Sunday, believe it or not, despite losing a series, Mississippi State improved its SEC tournament position. Only in the wonders of tie breaks math. Because right now, Mississippi State would check in as number eight. Well, it's a three-way tie for number eight with South Carolina and Alabama. Of course, South Carolina over the weekend swept Alabama, so they have the tie break there. Uh, Mississippi State defeated Alabama in a series, has that tie break. And then you go to highest common opponent, which right now would be tied for third Auburn. And that's the tie break that State has on South Carolina. So, number eight. What does that really mean? Well, what it means is A, State is up one place from where they were last week at number nine and theoretically more comfortable about the SEC tournament. Practically, no, because now instead of having a two-game lead on other contending teams, they're only one game up on Florida and, of course, tied with two other teams. So they're one bad weekend away from tumbling down into the depths of SEC non-contention. And that's been a struggle for this team so far because getting to Hoover is the absolute first step. And we will talk more about the conference tournament standings in a moment. Uh, It's the absolute first step to what? To NCAA tournament qualifying. Now, is that going to end up being a moot point? Because as of the moment, we have just gotten in the latest NCAA official ratings power index, belovedly known as the RPI, and State lost 11 spots over the week. After defeating Ole Miss in a series at home, they jumped to number 76, still on the fringes, but much better to be on the fringes than not. Well, after losing the Mayor's, I'm sorry, the Mayor's Cup, Governor's Cup game last week, okay, not a big surprise because State was kind of a staff pitching night, and Ole Miss got a break when they took advantage of one of those uh, infielder pitchers to win that game. It was uh, a concern at the time, but now it's even more of a concern because they did the unthinkable by losing a series at Missouri. I shouldn't say unthinkable because, of course, the eventual national champions lost at home to a Missouri team that's not even as good as this one last year. So, yes, it happens, and something really strange happens when the Bulldogs and the other Tigers, the Black and Gold ones, get together, especially when you look at the scores. It's it's amazing some of the runs that Missouri teams have put up on state in these two series back-to-back. What's going on? I don't know. Is there some kind of hex? Is it just Missouri? Are the Diamond Dogs taking them a little too lightly? They were certainly warned not to this week by their head coach, but I don't know if the lesson stuck or not. Okay, the wind had a lot to do with it as well. Uh, Balls were just leaping out of there. State took advantage, of course. Here's the thing. State hit as many home runs as Missouri did. Their home runs just didn't count for as much as the Tigers' blast, and has that not been the story of too much of this season? Mississippi State remains on a record pace for hitting home runs in a schedule. In fact, they should break the regular season, I'm sorry, the overall season record, which was set in 1998 in 65 games. It looks like they're going to do it in, by my math, and I'm from Jones County, so double check all the figuring if you want to, in just 54 games, which is your regular season. That's kind of ridiculous in two ways. A, you didn't see that kind of power coming from this team. But it has, and and frankly, power is everywhere in college baseball this year, so I wonder what's going on with the bats there. But B, to have a team hitting this many balls out of the yard but keep struggling to win series and are just not even get swept at this point because things could have gone badly even in some other games this year. It's just, to me, that exemplifies just how bizarre the 2022 season has been so far and may continue to be the rest of it however long that lasts well first off you want to last into the sec tournament but then mississippi state as defending champs and as one of the powers of college baseball annually expects to play in the national tournament and at this point that is a very uphill battle i mentioned the rpi state is 25 and 20 overall 9 11 sec they don't have a midweek game so they can focus all their attentions on florida How much does that help? It's hard to say. It means you've got a couple of arms you don't have to use midweek, so maybe they'll be ready for the weekend. But arms are the leading issue on this team already. Anyway, as far as the RPI, again, State is at 87, not good at all. Is that out of NCAA contention? No. State has a bunch of good teams coming up to play. For instance, as of uh, this morning's stats, the remaining opponents, Florida which is this week's foe, is number 19. They fall in about uh, 10 or 11 spots over the last couple of weeks, but they still remain 19 despite losing a series at Kentucky, and they're only 25 and 18. So how are they number 19? Largely by their strength of schedule, playing Florida State and other good teams in their regular season. That's something we'll get to about State as well because the Bulldogs have done just the opposite this year, some by intent and some not at all intentionally. So Florida's number 19 as of today. Next weekend's opponent, Texas A&M. 27-15 overall, 12-9 SEC, and yet number 10 in the RPI. Again, strength of schedule playing a factor for them. They're up 11 points this week. Now, that's not the strangest mover of the weekend. And this is why when I talk so much about RPI, I have to add some cautionary notes at times, too. Guess who is number three? Well, you know Tennessee's number one. Number three is... Auburn. How did they jump 13 spots in one week despite losing a series to number Tennessee and being 12-9 SEC? Because they played the number one team in the country. And yes, they're 31-14 overall, and right now would be the third seed in the SEC tournament, but still 13 spots despite losing a series. And for that matter, Missouri beat State in the series and dropped six places in today's RPI. So that's why as much as I make of RPI, I always have to caution. It's not the be-all, end-all, but once you're outside, say, the top 40, that is red alert territory, and State is way outside that range at this moment. But if Auburn can jump that many spots just by playing and taking one game from Tennessee, Mississippi State will climb in the RPI by playing the 10, 19, and 1 teams the rest of the way but only so much. Uh, that will still boost the Dogs probably back in the 70s, maybe into the 60s, but they've got to win enough of those games to make it worthwhile before they go to Hoover. As far as uh, other teams by the way, there is some talk about should state drop the remaining non-conference games. That would be against and here they are, number 155 Samford, which is one game under 500 overall, and number 281 Two eight one North Alabama, which is nine and thirty two, and two and nineteen in the Atlantic Sun Conference. Playing North Alabama is an RPI killer. Lord knows losing would be even worse, but just assume State's going to take care of those two games. State probably can go ahead and play Sanford in good conscience because at one one fifty five, you're still in that reasonable range. And bluntly, the Bulldogs need as many Ws as they can get at this point because remember they're just twenty five and twenty overall. What happens if the rest of the regular season goes really badly, and you end up in Hoover, trying to stay above 500? Period. Okay. At that point, you can forget about the NCAA's. It's just a, all it comes down to is: Do you want to sit, finish the regular season with a winning record? That's why you need to play Sanford and South and North Alabama, in my opinion. But then, if it's not for the NCAA, does it really matter at that point? Well, no. Okay. Nice blunt answer. No not making the national tournament is a really painful setback. As this season has developed, it would not be a total shock because we've seen some of the aches and issues with the roster that have developed. But still, as long as you've got a chance to make it, you fight tooth and nail to do so. And if the dogs keep swinging the bat, they've got a chance. But the pitching, oh my gosh, the pitching. Uh, Here's an example. State out-batted Missouri for the whole weekend. They matched them in home runs and they equaled them, no, I'm sorry, equaled them in home runs and were something like 60 points better in batting average. They it was one of the best hitting weekends of the entire season for the Dogs and not just because they scored 13 runs the first night. They hit the ball well for average all weekend. Problem again is too many of those home runs were solo shots. I think let's see in the 3 games they left 10, 9 and 10 runners on bases. I have not counted up how many of those were left in scoring positions, but it was a lot. And yet, the entire series, to me, turned on one play. And it was one of those things that a certain uh, number one would always say, that's baseball. Well, this epitomized to me what may be Mississippi State's tale for 2022 season. First inning, they've jumped out to a 3-0 lead. They've gotten a fly ball home run, a solid home run. They've loaded the bases with two outs. And you've got a good contact guy up, and he makes great contact. You could not ask for a better piece of hitting than what Logan Tanner did in that situation. The problem is that line shot, which was headed for the right field corner, would have scored at least two, probably three runs. You're up six to nothing, at least five to nothing, feeling really good about yourself after one inning. Missouri's first baseman, because bases were loaded, was playing off the bag, was able to make a Fabulous leaping stab and catch to deny those runs in retrospect. If they don't have that guy positioned where he is again, because bases are loaded and he doesn't make probably a play that he could try 10 more times and fail to make state likely win Sunday game. They're back in the seventies, maybe even into the sixties in the RPI and feeling pretty good about themselves as far as NCAA tournament chances instead. And again, epitomizing so much about this season They take a long step backwards, and they are far outside the fringes of selection range under normal circumstances. I hasten to add, 2022 is not a normal season by any means. Just look at the polls. I don't take polls seriously. They're entertainment only. But if you had excelled anybody who knew college baseball that on the first week of May, uh, Mississippi State, Texas, returning all that talent from last year, the team we saw in Omaha, Vanderbilt, which lost some pitching but is supposed to have good offense back this year, and Ole Miss, supposed to be an offensive powerhouse, none of those are ranked in anyone's top 25 today. you just said, this is a really weird baseball season. Guess what? It's a really weird baseball season, and especially here at Mississippi State, where you're just not used to this kind of struggles, all the more so coming off the national championship. All that said, despite the poor strength of schedule, I don't I need to come up with more like weakness of schedule outside of conference because even Texas Tech, for goodness sakes, one of your supposed to be bell cows in your regular season schedule, they're only number 51 in the RPI today. Tulane's number 55. You're not getting any help from your opponents, uh, except Southern Miss, who, of course, beat you, and they managed to lose a series over the weekend as well. So RPI-wise, State is in big trouble at the moment, and we might as well just quit talking about it well, I need to keep writing about it, and I will in coming weeks because you deserve the updates. But right now it comes down to, first off, let's just get to Hoover and see what happens. What's it going to take to get to Hoover? Well, as I said, at 9-12 and 12 right now, state would be in the field because they're tied for eighth place and have tie breaks on several of the teams behind them, uh, Ole Miss in particular. And if they can take care of business against Florida and Texas A&M, they're going to be in really good shape. But again, you're playing two top 20 RPI teams. What would I call taking care of business? Bluntly, I think State has to win four of the six games because Tennessee, even though they'd managed to lose to Auburn and played the Tigers a lot tighter in a couple of games than you really expect, and they are coming to do no field, which is not quite the home run haven that Knoxville is, that's not demeaning how the Vols swing the bat. They got real power, so does Mississippi State. But realistically, in these six games, you've, I really think State needs to win four. That would make them 13 wins going into the Tennessee series, and you need to steal one of those. If you can make it to Hoover with 14 regular season SEC wins, you're probably in good incidentally tournament shape. Uh, I say probably. Only because in previous years, 14 wins was just about an automatic bid anyway, given the strength of the South Conference. Your regular season schedule there would be enough to do it. That lack of a non-conference strength is what's hurting State, and I'm not sure 14 wins would even do it at this point, unless a lot of other crazy things happened in the rest of the conference and some of the regular contenders just totally slipped out of the picture as well. So... Five of nine. That's what I'm saying right now, meaning you better win four of these next six. Can they do it? Yeah. Florida's been struggling lately. They're all the way down to number 11 by themselves in the standings today. Uh, A&M is up to a tie for third place, but that's on tiebreakers as well because they defeated LSU in Georgia, but they lose on the tiebreak to Auburn. <laughs> it's a four-way tie for third place. And boy, did I have an interesting time Sunday breaking all these ties there. I haven't even looked at the SEC release to see if I got it right. But it was uh, pretty entertaining right there. Uh, by the way, Georgia is the fourth team at number three. <laughs> Four teams at number three. Vanderbilt seventh, right ahead of State. And, and here's the thing. Had State won yesterday, they're number seven overall at 10 and 11 and feeling pretty good about themselves. If they had done what they were darn well supposed to do and swept at Missouri, then they're 11-10. and 10. They're still number seven at this point, but only one game out of a tie for third. That's how damaging the loss series at Missouri was. Not just the Sunday defeat, which cost the series, not scoring a sweep, which was theirs for the taking, is going to come back to haunt these dogs much like, and I keep going back to this one, the Saturday game at Georgia and the Friday game against LSU. We'll look back and think those were games where things hinged if the season does indeed go south, but the Bulldogs certainly still have their chances to make it go the right way. Uh, let's look at the remaining schedules for the states that for the teams that state is contending with uh, for those tournament berths. LSU is uh, going to Alabama, host Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's a doable schedule there. Vanderbilt, Georgia, Arkansas, Elliott. LSU. And by the way, they're at Georgia, at Arkansas. That's kind of a tough uphill road for the Commodores to try to finish over 500 SEC themselves. Florida, they're coming to Mississippi State this weekend. They go to Missouri, which as we've seen, if the weather's going the wrong way, can go strange. Then at South Carolina, which is just coming off a sweep of a struggling Alabama team. And Alabama was looking pretty decent for a while. And now they've kind of gone in the tank here. Uh, Kentucky is trying to stay out of the SEC cellar down there, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Auburn. Ole Miss, which is uh, right now two games behind the Bulldogs, uh, hosting Missouri this weekend. Missouri is not good on the road, so you feel like the Rebels have a chance to get back into it, and that's something Mississippi State has to watch for more than rivalry reasons. If Ole Miss wins the series, State loses the series, then you're calling on those tie breaks again to keep the Bulldogs a leg up in the SEC standings. They go to LSU and host Texas A&M. Uh, the conference contenders, well, we'll just give you those for fun. Tennessee is at Kentucky this weekend, host Georgia at Mississippi State. So Kentucky, Tennessee will be wrapping up their regular season conference championship pretty soon here. It's still strange, though, that uh, after starting off so badly, Missouri and Kentucky are still not out of SEC tournament contention. They're both sitting there 7-14. and 14. Oh, by the way, Missouri's number 12 in the standings because they have the tiebreak on Kentucky, and they also have a tiebreak on Tennessee. They're one of the few teams to scratch the balls, and that's their tiebreak on Ole Miss. So your three teams tied to the cellar right now are Missouri, Ole Miss, and Kentucky in that order, with Alabama just one game ahead. You know, it's going to be fun in the theoretical sense, watching who doesn't make it, as long as the dogs are not in that number, and that means taking care of business against Florida this weekend. The Gators are vulnerable. Uh, There's now some pressure on their coach. Well, when isn't there in Gainesville, they've given them a nice new stadium down there. And coming off that national championship, they've uh, struggled to get back to that level. Is that starting to sound a little familiar sometimes? So this is a situation Mississippi State just absolutely must take advantage of. But that's what we said last week against Missouri, and they didn't take advantage of it. At some point, you figure they have to just because of the odds of baseball. But with the problems Mississippi State's having pitching now, uh, Preston Johnson just kind of symbolizes the Missouri trip. Ten strikeouts, nine hits, uh, at least three of the four home runs are off him. That's what happens when you throw strikes. Yes, you throw strikes, but that means it's a hittable strike too. So Missouri just teed off uh, like they've done against nobody else this season and maybe don't do against anybody else this season. That gets me back into the is there some sort of weird hex going on between the Tigers and the Bulldogs? I don't know. I know it's not weird to consider where State is at the moment because they've just simply got to start stacking up more Ws. How often have we said that this season? And then they give you a win here, a series win there. They keep creeping closer to it. You feel like they're not that far from securing a spot in Hoover, but it's just grinding, grinding, grinding all the way to get where they're going. Will there be the breakthrough? Well, this is a weekend to get it done because if you take three, I'm sorry, I'm getting really crazy there. Okay, let's say they do it. Florida's vulnerable. I mean, you go to Kentucky and lose, you can be beaten. Say State takes the series or even takes the sweep, they're in great shape again. At least certain for the SEC and putting them back in instability contention because A, you probably knocked out the Gators; they're no longer a concern. <clears throat> then you watch the rest of the scores. This is the <clears throat> excuse me again. Um, this is the fun time of the year when you get to watch scoreboards, see how it impacts your own team. Of course, a year ago at this time, we were watching scores and seeing how it played in the Mississippi State run for an SEC regular season championship. And, yes, it was the Missouri Series that cost them that. Will the Missouri Series in 2022 cost them something much more than a championship but cost them a postseason entirely? That's what you got to be concerned about now is they get ready to take on the Florida Gators at do field this weekend. A weather forecast looks okay, maybe a chance of rain on Friday, but if you're going to have weather, that's the day you want to do it because then you can keep the schedule on pace. And then you just go down the stretch run. Oh, and, and by the way, always have to throw this out there. SEC standings are on percentages, which means weather is always a factor. Uh, only one SEC game was rained out all of 2021, Alabama Vanderbilt. It it's turned out that saved Alabama's bacon as far as getting into the NCAAs because it, it left them with a 12 and, let's see, 12 and 17 record, where had they been 12 and 18, they probably don't get the bid. So... What's going to happen there? Well, we'll be watching the weather around the conference, see who plays, see if anybody doesn't play. And no, series cannot be extended over into another day, even if it impacts on the championship. Always this time of year, we have to throw those qualifications out there. So tune in this weekend. Diamond Dogs, of course, they don't have a midweek game. We'll probably stick with the same rotation. Uh, Chris Lamonis may have more to say about that Monday evening on his radio show. At the point, though, it seems like they will stick with Brandon Smith, Preston Johnson, and Cade Smith, who, by the way, if he gets one or two strikes called in the first inning, I know Missouri didn't score in the first inning, but his pitch count got up quickly because some of those throws were just so close to the zone he was not rewarded. I'm not blaming the umpiring. I'm just saying if a couple of those calls are generously given to him, it probably changes his entire approach to the rest of the game, and maybe he's not trying to be so fine, or then, because he's not getting the close calls, starts putting the ball in the fat zone, which Johnson had done the day before, with the wind blowing out in favor. Well, that's all speculation at this point. We, we could have so many what-ifs about this team. What if Landon Sims never got hurt? What if Stone Simmons is available to close games down, and he can use a KC Hunt either as a third starter or your long relief guy in some of these tough games. There's so many things that we'll always wonder the what-ifs about. But only after this season concludes, and will it conclude in the postseason? I think after this weekend, we'll probably have a very good idea if they do. Anyway, that's our doghouse for this Monday morning. Uh, again, the RPIs are out. Uh, check this story on jeanspage.com. We'll have other follow-ups from it. Uh, Spring football, of course, ended last week, but we'll start working on some post-spring ideas and features. Uh, The NFL draft concluded successfully for Charles Cross and Mark Emerson, and uh, Makai Polk was picked up on a free agent offer, as we expected. Uh, Unfortunately, he didn't get drafted. Uh, But I will say this. I'm not sure coming back to college would have boosted his stock that much anyway because when you catch 105 balls, set records for receiving... And now you've got an improving receiving core around you, uh, he probably would not catch as many this season. I think he probably made the wise decision to go out regardless and take his chance, even though he didn't get drafted. I know that's a counterintuitive way to look at it, but I think that's the reality of today's draft situation. Also, um, with the deadline passed for interconference transfers and eligibility through the transfer portal for 2022, we have a better idea of what the Bulldog roster looks like. And we'll see what Coach Mike Leach and staff are looking at as far as picking up portal products for the future as well. I see uh, Nelly, one of our deadly attack markies, is getting a little antsy. I think somebody's at the door. And they'll go check on the Amazon guy for his own safety. I kid, I kid. But that's the doghouse from here with the dogs. This is your host, David Murray, on the Believe Network. And we'll be talking to you later in the weekend. I'm coming, Nellie.